Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another special episode of the Bear Hook Club podcast. This is Ultimate Top 10, where I am sitting down with the individual members of the Bear Hook Club to get their top 10 matches of all time. This week's guest, it's the original boo from the Bear Hook Club, very man who's very near and dear to my heart. It's Mr. Garrett Whitner. Hello, sir. Yeah. yeah. Hello. <laughs> For anyone who's wanting to know why Garrett's arm is currently in a cast, please go and check out our recent first episode of the Bear Club Book Club. Um, and he will give you the full details on his very first and very real wrestling injury. Isn't that right, buddy? Tell you're not my first. I, I got some bruised ribs here and there. I hurt my back. First major um, one, then. First sure. major one. Yeah. It was a little bit major. Every nurse in the hospital was like, oh, that oh. doesn't look good. That shouldn't be bending that way. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, probably not. Bless you, but man. it means that I get more time to watch some old wrestling. And by old, I mean most of my matches aren't that old of my all-time favorites because they change quite often. Well, uh, this, is the thing. this is the thing with this kind of list, which I said on with Scott. You could write out your top ten and what you we're doing it today, but give it a week, give it even like a month from now, it could easily change. Like I like I often think of mine and I will be doing mine at some point. It it changes often depending on what I've seen recently, what I've gone back to, what I was maybe feeling at the time. Because I, I mean the only I, I, I want to do this because like we've known each other what about five years now? Yeah. All right, I, I tell you how we can work it out. The first time we met, because I met you through Scott when we're all living in London. Yeah. I believe the first show I came around to watch was WrestleMania 33. It was definitely was WrestleMania. I, I think it was 33. Because the one the year before that was the one where it was Triple H and Roman in the main event, and Scott came to mind because of Jason. Yeah, was it was probably there. 33. It's 33, and that's where I got to meet you and the rest of the dwellers. Um and that was like our first proper interaction. And I mean, I mean, if I'm being honest, like, I, I wasn't sure. I, I didn't expect this friendship to really come from because I remember getting on with you. No, well, well, we, we but... didn't. We didn't end up like you know friends after that. I suppose it just yeah. kind of. It. I don't remember what happened. I think you just you probably invited me to a progress. It, I think. I think what you what mainly happened is a lot of other people would be just chatting about other things, and then I would make a riff on wrestling, and then you would laugh at the riff on wrestling, and then you would make a riff on wrestling, and I would laugh at the riff on wrestling, and it just became to a point where it was like everyone was doing something else, and you and I were still just watching the wrestling, yeah. and for everyone else was just kind of a party. Um, it was like a natural. I think it was a natural growth. Is the way I describe it, because like I, yeah. the only reason I think I kept coming up is because Scott invited me around, and obviously you guys clearly didn't dislike me to the point that you didn't want me there because you've had we've had that before with people. Um, yes, we've had those people before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and I think that's what it right. It was just natural growth, and then when it's because we moved in different circles, and Scott was the main being between us because he would hang out with my group as well as your group. Then when everyone kind of left from uni and we kind of remained, it was sort of that thing of like. Yeah, I, I think it was just one day. I was just, I had this spare ticket to a progress show. And I was like, hey, man, you want to come along? I definitely and, did. And it just just blossomed from there, you see. But yeah. even with that, with these, the reason why I'm doing it is because, like, I, even though I know you and I, I think I can kind of gauge what you like out of wrestling and why you like wrestling, I couldn't honestly say other than maybe one or two matches what your favorites are. And I feel like the point of this list is to get to know you a lot better, the mm -hmm. matches you like, and 
why these matches have helped shape you into the wrestling fan you are, why you love it so much. Yeah. Um, there are some on here that... Uh, the, the th my, I have a bad memory, right? <laughs> there are probably matches from when I was a child. There's probably many Rey Mysterio matches that I watched as a child that I could, couldn't remember. But I know that they definitely shaped me as a kid. Yeah. The things that shape me into wanting to be a wrestler and stuff it's probably it's probably these matches it's probably mm -hmm. these matches and there are some that haven't made the list that probably should have made the list when i think about it but actually mm, fuck <laughs> okay right okay I'm, yeah if i'm any, changing if any, my if, any, uh, if you want to change them now I'm going to change one right now. Uh, you got any honourable mentions? It's now an honourable mention. It, it wasn't number 10, but it's now an honourable mention. Feel so, free to throw, out, throw some out. Scott essentially had like four other lists worth. I'm not going to... I'm not going to... Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to let you go. Most, most of my honourable mentions are ones that I've seen live, <laughs> right? And some of the matches had um, abusers in them now as yeah. they came out, so I'm probably not going to mention those ones. But um, my honourable mention now is uh, Sasha Banks Bailey because it's a very very good fucking match. And if it was capitalised on Iron Woman one, yeah, yes, yeah, um, that's a fucking good match. It's a really fucking good match. Oh. However, coming in at number ten, just beating go. it, and it was between the two, is a match that probably not many people have seen because it was one I saw live uh, with Scott, in fact. Ooh. Front row at um, uh, Lucha Forever's Ultimo Battle. It was Marafuji against Pete Dunne. Nice. Yeah. And the, I, I, I had... When I'd been reintroduced to wrestling um, by The Dwelling, and they were like, hey, there's a Netflix for wrestling. And I was like... Oh, sorry and i just <laughs> it became it pretty much became all-encompassing i think i watched two weeks straight of just wrestling and then i watched all of wwe and i was like this is pretty good but nxt is really good and then when i was like oh who's you know who's the shinsuke guy um and then i watched new japan and then i was like oh shit this is really fucking good and then i watched nowhere and i was like oh shit this is really fucking good and then i found um marafuji and people like kano and and people like that I was like, "Fuck me! This is the this is the best fucking thing ever." Uh, Marafuji is probably right now my number one favorite wrestler of all time. Mm -hmm. He has innovated more moves than I could ever think of in my entire life, and any indie wrestler these days owes owes everything to people like him, people like Kenta. Um, he's fucking incredible. And to see him wrestle Pete Dunne at, you know, the height of the Pete Dunne indie supremacy. You know, this was still when he was, this is still after the um, uh, UK championship and everything. I, th I think he was still the UK champion. I forget the exact timeline. Okay. Or, so or the, the, the NXT UK champion. So you were firmly aware of him, but obviously it was still quite in its infancy, I guess. What, Pete Dunne? Of knowing Pete Dunne, yeah. He was still very. He was still like the one of the hottest one on the show. To be honest, mm -hmm. it was when British Strong Style was still being very dominant on the indies. So yeah. we knew who he was. Uh, he hadn't had um, one of his other matches on here. That actually, maybe he had. 
I don't remember the timeline because they were still friendly with each other and were a stable British strong style on the indies when they were fighting on uh, whatever. Anyway, this match is fucking amazing. Uh, if you can watch it, I think it's now in progress. I think progress brought well, out. Yes, uh, I, I don't know if they bought them out, but for whatever reason, if you've got a demand, actual demand progress subscription, Lucha Forever shows are on there, and I imagine mm -hmm. this one should be as well. Uh, Lucha Forever did not, in fact, last forever. No. Uh, and much like it, uh, it then became amalgamated into Frontline Wrestling, which was owned by... Osprey, wasn't it? Osprey. I don't know if it closed. However, they haven't done anything since pre-COVID. Mm. But even then, I think it might have been 2018 that they were doing things. So um, I remember in his first address, he was like, and this this will last forever in a in a dig to um in a dig to lucha forever but i don't think you know, this is a bit <laughs> awkward there yeah um but no this match is fucking amazing probably one of the reasons that company went under because they just hired very expensive people mm -hmm. they well, sold you, out you were... like that that was a sold out show as well from what you've told me it sounds like they had bigger ambitions than the purse strings would allow but kept spending money to try and get these big names in and add the, maybe the, the show wasn't good enough the show was stacked yeah like it then set up a, a main event it, it the main event was fuck i can't remember i want to say it was uh osprey and Osprey, Skull, Sabre Jr. against. It might have been, yeah, it might have been Chris Brooks. I don't remember who was with him at the time. But. Um, no more members of CCK, Gresham. I can't remember, I can't remember who it was at the time. I don't think it was Gresham. Mm. I don't think it was Gresham. And it, I feel like it wasn't Lycos either. He might have been injured. That's what half of the time uh, yeah. he's been injured. But beside the point, they then beat them and then they set up British Strong Style against whatever that stable was called with Osprey. I want to yeah. say like LDN 3000. Okay. I want to say that. I don't know if that's true. Mm. Um, just put in what, whatever it was here. I can't <laughs> remember that stable. It is not a thing anymore. Oh, yeah. They're not going to be wrestling in the same company. It's probably... Anyway, that's my number 10. Um, well, before we move on, you number nine there, because you said something quite interesting. So you don't have to go super in-depth with this. So obviously you mentioned there that was because of the dwellers that you were told about the network and got you back into wrestling. How long had you been, I guess, a lapsed fan for? Like, when did you first start? When did you stop? And then, obviously, how long was it you got back into it? So I, I, like I say, I have a shit memory. I don't remember things very well. So timelines of when I stopped is, is doesn't really click with me, but I remember being very into CM Punk. Mm -hmm. um, so I stopped probably just before CM Punk stopped and they, you know, it died down with him. So what is that? 2014? Yeah. So that mean that's maybe only a year or two then you've probably been, you were out of the loop potentially. But it didn't feel like that. Mm. It didn't feel like that. Um, it, I here's maybe, the maybe thing. 
Punk yeah. left in my first year of uni. You obviously went to uni, started at the same uni a year after me, and we became friends maybe in my final year. So that's only about a two-year gap, I would say, potentially. The thing is, I think a lot of um, a lot of my memory in things has just been pieced together. I think mm. maybe a lot of my love for Punk might have been... I was, like, I was about to say posthumous, but no, he's not dead. Uh, <laughs> his WWE career is um so i don't know i want to i don't think i was heavy into it but i was heavy into him at that point when i was i was watching wrestling as a kid i'd go over to a friend's house and they'd have his brother would have a tape of a wrestlemania that they would then tape over to create their own version of jackass on you know um i remember vividly uh one of the shots was a uh it was mike wazowski a toy of mike wazowski mm-hmm. with the eye closed and the mouth closed and it had a cigarette in its mouth um and the eye slowly closed and as it did it got hit with a skateboard i don't know why that's one of the images that sticks in my mind but it probably was like right after um i don't know it's probably halfway through Austin Rock did that like come up on the screen, you know? That oh might be why God. it stuck with me. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> Let me put my sling on. Ugh. Okay, number nine. Number nine. This is, this is where I think uh, some of the curveballs are going to be for you. The one of those that you might not be um, expecting. It is Zack Ryder winning the IC title in that ladder match. Uh, interesting. Well, I, I, I think when we did our top five Mania matches, this was on your list. So maybe not a total curveball. I know, I know you've spoken very highly of it before. I fucking love that match. I could watch mm-hmm. that match for a long time. It's pretty. It's it's just a very tight match, and it's. I'm a sucker for a good ending, and that was a good, a good ending. Yeah. And I think you know, especially now you look at him, and he's somehow superseded that oh it's great to see he's you know? huge i mean as of recording this he's still the nwa champion and he's that's like yeah. a part of a long and quite uh big a list with a lot of um prestige and yes. a heritage for sure yeah that gets me every time um his dad in the ring with him giving him a hug there's a funny bit where his dad gives him his hat and he goes, he takes the hat and he, like his dad puts it, he goes like, yeah, he did it, son. He puts it on his head and, and Ryder is like properly fired up. He just takes the hat and he fucking throws it. And I'm like, why'd you do that? That's a bit <laughs> weird. Like he's definitely happy. Yeah. But he's like, he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, fuck this hat. Yeah. <laughs> That's your dad's hat, buddy. Chill. You okay there, man? Chill out. Grab me wrong. Was this on WrestleMania 33? No. Let me check. Was this? You, did we, did we watch look, this together? You can't be. You can't be giving me uh, uh, dates and and whatnot because I don't know. I don't think it I was. Don't no, because the WrestleMania favorite was the one in Florida, really? so they had the roller coaster. The roller coaster. It, it, it could was... have been the couple a couple years before. I think. Yeah, maybe thirty-one or something along those lines. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I love that match. I love Matt Cardona, aka Zack Ryder. It's a very good match. Uh, I see titles 
work with ladder matches you know it's just what you should do yeah. speaking of the ic title and the united states title aren't on mania at all and I'm, and at the moment they're held by like two of the most like popular stars as well ricochet like, and finn yeah 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 what are you doing, WWE? <laughs> like really? Well, speaking of someone who holds the title right now, my number eight might might be a surprise. I think I've spoken about this before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Ziggler's win at Survivor Series. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, was this was this all? Uh, was it again? Was it Alberto? He took it off. Is that right? Uh, I'm talking about his Survivor Series match. Oh, where, where Sting came out? Is it yes. Yes. Okay, wicked out. Sorry, I thought you meant his title win. No, no, no. I'm talking about fully his uh, his last man standing win. Mm-hmm. He was on top of the fucking world. He was the best wrestler in the world during that match, to me. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, for a very brief moment, relatively long moment, it was a longish match, it's a Survivor Series match, he was fucking incredible and you know i was with it every moment of that match and i think if you weren't you're a fucking liar because it's so so good it is so good and it's a testament to him why he has the nxt title don't know but nxt is a bit of a joke right now so whatever that's fine (laughs) but i would i would uh i'll forgive anything ziggler does at this point because of that match. I think Ziggler's one of those people who gets too much of a bad rep from a lot of fans these days. Like, I think people forget, like, he is super talented, super great in the ring. I think a lot of the reason why people maybe have kind of lost a bit of that respect for him is just because of the way he's not really done a lot in the last few years. He's, he's kind of in that safe hand they can bring in if they need him for, like, a sort of opener or mid-card feud but I, I think people forget like how over beloved he was for a time and i think it's just through like some things that he couldn't really control and some things that have just worked against him that he's kind of lost that rep in a lot of the fans eyes like oliver who's obviously familiar on the bear club i think he's a huge Dolph ziggler fan and i think mainly a lot of that's to do is ziggler has a lot of similarities to Shawn michaels and the way he works but I, 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 Oliver always roots for Ziggler when it's Rumble time, whenever he's in any kind of big match. Like he popped massively for the NXT title win. So he's, he's someone I, who's I never found it in. Yeah. He's never found it in. He's never, he's always gone out and fucking worked. And I think this was the pinnacle of that. I think yeah. that was the pinnacle of him ever doing that. Um, well, I'm speeding through them, and I'm going to continue because uh, I'm not going to take fucking two hours like Scott. <laughs> I'm not going to... I don't think I need to go play-by-play. Play. I'm talking about the big moments, the big beats, and my number seven? Seven? Yeah, probably seven. Is the Golden Lovers versus the Young Bucks. Nah, see, I knew this would be on here. Yeah. One of, one of our early matches you need to see. Yeah, it's so fucking good, dude. It's so... I mean, this really probably should be higher on my list, but I, I was them. expecting this to be number one potentially. So I'm no. surprised it's this low. Yeah. No. I think you should be able to work out what the other number one is now though. Potentially. Maybe. Almost. There might there might be two in your mind, and they're both one and two, I assume. I don't know. Maybe. Mm. 
I'm sure I've talked about other things highly, but no, Golden Lovers versus Bucks is uh, is a brutal match. Um, and the storytelling is fucking wonderful. Uh, I'll just jump to the finish, to be honest, because the finish is a one-winged angel. This was around the time that Matt was selling his back all the time. Mm-hmm. And he'd been he'd do it forever. And it was a great story in every match where they'd, you know, finally be able to pull something off. Or like, you know, there's a I think there's a spot in this one where he tries to get he tries to get I think he tries to get a bushy, it might be Omega up for the um the Meltzer driver. Mm-hmm. And he physically can't. Nick has to Nick is like, all right, fuck it up. Gets in the ring, lifts him up for him, gets out. And I think it gets, you know, foiled because it took too long. And there's bits where Nick has to carry it all himself. The actual finish is Matt gets put up for the one-winged angel by Kenny. And he goes to do it, you know, because he, he flicks over one arm, one leg over his arm. And then he you know, puts the hand on the head. And he goes to do it, but, you know, puts his hand down because he can't. Which is just, it's simple. It's, but it's so good. It's so good. It's so simple. But it's so good. And then Matt uh, angrily goes like, no, do it. It's so, you know, movies. But I fucking love that shit. It's no. so good. It's so, so good. Um, what a fucking match that is. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, here's the thing. I can... I think people will pick this up a little bit on my when I do my top 10. I've got matches that are to have no story going into them because I can sit and enjoy a match and still rank it as good if the in-ring stuff was brilliant. I think what elevates a match to being higher than that, though, is if you've got the story, not only going into the match that you've built it around it, but also you carry that thread in the match itself. And Mm -hmm. I think that's something that, especially we've seen with Kenny and the books, they are so good at that because they've been doing that in obviously AEW with the whole hangman thing and all the little story minutiae that have revolved around that as well. I think they just really understand that, like, storytelling is a very crucial part to the in-ring action, and they just kind of have really perfected that. Yep. Yeah, and speaking of uh, two more people who I think have perfected that, um, it's it's two people that have a similar long-term story to uh, Kenny and Ibushi in the Bucks. And that is uh, Kevin Steen and El Generico at uh, Match of the the Decade, says Ring of Honor, uh, (laughs) at, I don't know, uh, it was Ladder War 2012, which I think was, uh, I have it written somewhere. Was it Final Battle? It was Final Battle in 2012. Do you remember this one? I have not actually seen this one, but I've heard about before. Um, I believe Jim Smallman picked this up for his top ten favorite matches of all time. So yeah, I have heard about love this match. I don't, I don't often care too much about hardcore matches. This mm. one's pretty fucking brutal. Uh, the finish on this is two ladders are set up in the ring with two ladders in between them, and he does a package pile driver through like two ladders. And it's so brutal, dude. It's so good. And these are people that have had such a um, a storied history and mm-hmm. still do and carried it on into NXT, carried it through um, the main roster. And even now, you know, they're afforded an occasional look, an occasional conversation. And it's 
I, I always love interconnectedness in any piece of media. I like yeah. it when people aren't forgotten uh, and stories aren't forgotten. And this will always be, you know, you could have ended their feud there or, or their story there and it would have been fine. But it's it's such a good... I don't really know what to say. It's, it's, it's almost like a good bookending of that chapter of their story, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I would, I you know, I almost thought about putting their NXT match on. Not really. I would have, I would have probably put the, the Shinsuke Sammy over that one. But, you know, just for the storytelling alone, just for those two together and the chemistry they have, you need to watch fucking Steen Generico. I it's been on the list for a while. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's free on YouTube as well. Oh, if it is, that might be my viewing for tonight. Yeah, I think it's, it's it's on YouTube. I've got a fairly decent knowledge of Ring of Honor, but it's been that one promotion. I need to get whatever subscription they've got and go back and watch a lot of stuff because obviously so much of it over the last has shaped wrestling over the last 20 years since it's been in business. Yeah, I mean, we're on a club and and whatever um the problem is a lot of old ring of honor looks like shit yeah they didn't really have really the production like shit. Yeah. yeah uh it's good listen it's my like i don't mind shit. it that much as long as i can see what the fuck's happening because i went I've, I've been trying to go back and watch the punk and joe stuff and i it wasn't it didn't put me off that much yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's it's watchable it's watchable um it's a good fucking match hell yeah and coming in at number five? five, 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 it is done and baked at takeover. So Scott put this on his list as well, and I think this potentially will end up on mine for sure. I one of the matches I've seen the most. Yeah, I, I've seen this more than a couple ones I have higher than it. Um. Solely because it's a little bit shorter than some of the ones I have above it, um, and it's it, it was one of those matches I watched straight away afterwards, which doesn't happen very often. I have yeah. a squeaky chair. Um, they're amazing. They're it's amazing. Incredible. Uh, there's not really much. <laughs> this, this is one where you could put them in front of. 20 people at a bar and they would have everyone's attention for every every fucking moment. You could put them in any stadium in the world. You could do it in that like North Korean 200,000 people stadium that they did. Yeah. Um, sorry, I have a mewing at my door again. Ugh, come on, buddy. <coughs> come on, buddy. Come on. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, they're amazing. Mm-hmm. They're amazing, and they've run it back a couple times, and it's great. Yeah, I would love to have actually seen British Strong Style in the dub, and it's a shame we never got that. But what? Apparently, he likes it too. <laughs> <sighs> No, I, I agree. I think I think the reason why the match is so good is because they like they they've said they've wrestled even before this they'd wrestled each other like countless times. So by by this point, it was like second nature to them, which is why it's so fluid and so yeah. perfect. They just 
it's just like they're hitting the beats they've done before because they know it so well. It just comes off as like an effortless match. I can imagine there wasn't too much planning backstage. You know, no. I can imagine they these people don't ever plan their tech because they never need to. Like that, that is complete, complete off the cuff stuff that they just know instinctively exactly what the other person is doing just by their body language. Um, yeah. These two people were made for each other. Uh, I could imagine eventually, hopefully, they have a storied uh, a history as, as um, you know, Omega Ibushi and uh, Generico Steen. I don't know if they will now. I hope so, yeah. there's a point where they get to build a program higher profile. But I have a feeling that that kind of match doesn't get to happen on the main roster these days. No. Um, See, these these two guys were my top two picks to be the first ever like English WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Yeah. For a point, but now I don't know. I think it's early days with Pete being on the main roster. You never know. Maybe he could have the next sort of Daniel Bryan success story. I think it could be done. Yeah, it could be done. I mean, he's amazing. He's in two of my you know greatest matches of all time and it's for a fucking reason he's bloody good um I, it's just it's just worrying the direction i think mm-hmm. if you want to know why people would be upset with him being name changed after you know what what he's done watch this match because that's what he's done it's yeah. amazing true true okay number four number four this one is technically three matches because okay. I could I could put all three of them there because obviously it's it's a mega Ricarda. Uh and I have I struggle sometimes figuring out which one I like more and I think it's because they work as a as a trilogy. Um I want to say that one at Dominion is my favorite which I think was the last I forget exactly. I think, I think Dominion is where he won the belt. I think it was. Yeah, because he loses, they tie and then he wins. Because was it was it Wrestle Kingdom? Then did he meet in the G One, and then it was Dominion. Is that how it goes? I don't know. I don't know if they did meet in the G One. Bear with. I will consult Cage Match. Perhaps they did. Perhaps they did. I forget. What with my bad memory? <sighs> See, you've already got a bad memory, and yet you're going into a sport where your memory could just potentially get worse. <laughs> It is what it is. Okay. Ah, <laughs> oh, I forgot they've rested so many. Uh, okay, okay, right. Yeah, so the first one was definitely a... Yeah, so the second one was at the G1 Climax. It was the G1, okay. G1 that one must have been the tie then. The... Yeah, okay. Oh, no, so the yeah. first one... Sorry, first one was at Dominion. Then it was the G1, and then I think it was Dominion again. I don't think they made it to Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because the last one was two out of three falls. Yeah, I think that's my favorite. I think that's my favorite. That's a fucking good match. It's good. That's why I'm putting them all together because it's a. You can't have the last one without the other two. Um, I wouldn't begrudge anyone for saying that either that any of these three are their favorite matches or even their one, two, and three because they're incredible. They're fucking incredible. 
Oh yeah, like if, if someone else did this list and these came, all three were on that list as separate entries, then I wouldn't begrudge them because they are they are still probably the most there's been like I'd say we're very lucky to live in the period of wrestling we are now because like it's been consistently good for so many different places. But these are still mm-hmm. those but those three these three matches are still the ones that are held in such high regard. Obviously a lot of it was to do with that like the Meltzer busting his scale for it after so long and things like that. But then you go and watch them and go, no, they they basically broke wrestling and dominated and won wrestling. Like you can't yep. deny that. Um Yeah, I mean if that's your first introduction to wrestling, you will probably won't like it that much because um You'd be a bit spoiled. Yeah. Uh, it would peak. <laughs> yeah, you'd you'd yeah. peak right there. You'd peak very early. Um however, my next match is uh number three. And it is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat against uh Randy Savage at WrestleMania. And luckily I have the book <laughs> forward by Ricky whatever (laughs) um yeah i went back i went back to watch old wrestlemanias when i was doing sort of tape study Mm -hmm. and i I watched a bunch of old matches i've watched very recently again again and again i've because when we were learning about get it again i was re-watching um bret hart versus bulldog because that match there's a good 10 minutes of that match where uh bret hart is just getting I think I think maybe Bulldog is just getting a headlock again and again and again and again and again and again, and then Brett is just taking the arm again and again and again and again, and it's very simple. It's fucking amazing, and this match is just—it's it, so clean, it's so precise, it's so well told. Um. I wouldn't begrudge anyone older than I. I wouldn't begrudge anyone anyway, but I wouldn't begrudge anyone older than I for picking this for their best, their best match of all time. This is probably. This is. I. I wonder what. The majority. It's very hard to get a gauge in it, but I wonder what the majority of people would say is the best match of all time, and I wouldn't be surprised if this is up there. Really, especially with like you know, slightly older generation than us. Um, oh, I. I agree. I mean. There are, I think there are a, a lot of fans who grew up with WWE from that era that like a lot of stuff that they and they're willing to because they got nostalgia or willing to overlook like how lackluster, for lack of a better word, a lot of the product could be. I mean, mm-hmm. when, when when you look at this WrestleMania free card, it's only really this match and the main event people will talk about. People more or less don't remember the rest of the card and kind of for good reason, I think. Um, but there are a lot of people willing to overlook that, but for sure, I think there are a lot of people who would maybe put this as their all-time favorite match. Yeah, I just just go back and watch it. Watch the crowd, watch them, watch their facials, watch the cell, watch how Steamboat um very it's very rare for him to do this, but watch watch him lose his fucking temper, watch him it genuinely try and hurt, not genuinely, 
watch him look like he's genuinely trying to hurt uh savage it's it's very very good it's very yeah. fucking good um and it is not my number one but but if i hadn't seen my number one and two it would be my number one <laughs> uh my number two by the way uh, uh, do you want to guess what my uh maybe not because that would bring does that get does that stop the like um the surprise of one and two message me what you think my number one and two is i honestly don't know this is the thing this is why i was doing this because like i can honestly say about matches that we spoke about before but when it comes to this kind of thing i always just draw a blank on what someone's favorite match could be because i'm often usually surprised when they do tell me what it is mm-hmm. um there's, there's a few rare examples that like, like i'm dead certain i know what oliver's number one would be when i get him on the show to do it um it's just all ziggler matches mm-hmm. <laughs> all ziggler or Shawn michaels matches is what i'm expecting um can i ask is one of them an AEW match okay i think i think i know what it is but i'm not going to say I, I want you to just get to it okay well that's number two okay so would you like to say what you think of my number two AEW matches? I've got two in my head. Yeah, I know you've got two in your head. I don't know which ones they are. I will go with... One of them didn't oh, even make the list. Cody versus Dustin. It's the uh, Blood Brothers match. It's the Blood Brothers. There we go. Dude, I cry at every time I rewatch that match because it's so good. The match is amazing, but the part like afterwards, the I don't need a tag team partner. I need my older brother. It's so it's oh it's so so good. If you took everything Cody did in AEW and and creating it away and just had that match, yeah. you would still have done everything you could have asked because it's fucking amazing. And Dustin can go. It, the story the story building up where it was like, you know, he's this, he's washed up, you know, he doesn't have anything left in the tank. And they both played it brilliantly. I mean, Cody was still playing almost kind of a tweener-ish character as he often did, um, where he was just like kind of callously like, you know, it's all right. Putting the old, I'm putting the old dog behind the shed and I'm putting two barrels to the back of his head type shit. And it's, it's such a good story uh, and to have that like face moment at the end earn each other's respect and to bleed to, to fucking shit i think it was like probably was it the first proper bloody match that aew had i think it probably was yeah so i mean this is what i was going to say you've got you gotta remember the story was built so well without tv as well because this was their first show first mm-hmm. big show that are all without TV, and you were still invested. And yeah, I think when I remember that show, I think this was the only match where blood was really used. I think right. so. I think yeah. so. Because I mean, there, um, there were some like hardcore type matches, but I don't think anyone really bled in that. Those. Yeah, was, and and Dustin one. bled, like he was bleeding heavily. That man was fully red all over. They both, they both clearly get that from the dad. Yeah. Like they, yeah, 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 yeah. The, Ro- the Rhodes family know how to bleed. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, 
I don't know how you can watch this match and not enjoy it. It's incredible. Yeah. It's such yeah. an incredible match, and it spoke to me. I've got a brother, I guess. Maybe that's why. But, gosh, so good. And it was very difficult not to even put it as my number one. But my number one is the match I've seen 35, 40 times. Mm-hmm. And I'll probably watch it again this week a couple times. So, <laughs> uh, you must know what my number one is. Ah. Uh. This is why I honestly don't know. He's been like my number one wrestler that I always talk about for the longest time. Uh, not Marafuji. So it's got to be CM Punk, right? Yes. Is it... Ooh. Is it Punk versus Cena? It is. It's Punk versus ah. Cena in Money in the Bank 2011. I'm sorry, but I know it's not the best in the ring. I know it's not the you know be end all of of sports entertainment of wrestling but this this is the perfect match for me mm-hmm. this is the perfect match this is this is uh cena working heel without being one this is like masterfully this is uh the hottest crowd i've ever seen in my life this is this is everything i think wrestling should be yeah, and it's it was the most passionate, uh, real thing I've seen in wrestling ever. You know, this is and this is kayfabe's long dead, long dead at this point, and yet it's so real, even to the point of you know Vinnie Mac coming out and sending Del Rio down. It's so real, dude. It's so impactful it's so good and it's one of the best endings to any pay-per-view ever it's so it's it's oh my god dude it's primo it's epico it's the it's it's the colognes you know it's uh it's very fucking good it's so good and if you don't like cm punk after this Mm -hmm. fuck you yeah like it's oh my god I've often said if 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 I if if I if I could go back in time and be in attendance for a wrestling show, it would probably be this one. It would hundred percent be this one. 100%. This one on Mania seventeen, but this one just because that crowd, I think I mean the closest crowd reaction I've had to that I've seen to that was when he returned last year. And again, it was because it was in Chicago. It was the same kind of atmosphere of like, before the match even begins, they're on their feet, chanting his name. It sounds like the roof's going to get taken off just by the chance alone. Yes. And then when his music hits, and from then on, like, wrestling crowds, fair enough, like, especially these days, it can be, if you go to a WWE pay-per-view show, it can be a bit of a slog to get through. So you can't blame them if they dip with, like, how they're feeling about what they're seeing. This match, though, they are like on their feet, chanting from the word go. It was like seeing an attitude here a crowd. They were just it, with it all yep. the way through. Yep, it's the hottest crowd I've ever seen, and it because you know they just sat through a fairly long pay per view, and it was like they got a shot of adrenaline in the arm. Every single person in that crowd was just dying for this, and it was a, it was a point where WWE gave people what they wanted, but they you know. Tease them every step. They made it a 
proper uh, roller coaster ride, and they and every ebb and flow worked perfectly. There was no like, there was never too much heat. There was never too much uh, uh, shine. There was just it was just perfect. It was perfect. No, one hundred percent. It's one of those matches that. I've, I, it, it ends up on my top 10 at some point whenever I try to think or rewrite it out. And sometimes other stuff does replace it. But I do think it, it's certainly one of the most important matches WWE have ever had when you think mm. about the story going into it and everything around it. Aftermath-wise, people could argue, did he manage to change a lot? I would say yes, because there was a slight shift for a while for like the people who were willing to push, willing mm. to book. So I feel like it does deserve its merits. And I think I think you're right. It's one of those matches you watch about, yeah, the in-win work at points is a little sloppy, but it doesn't matter because the story's still there. They're still killing it with other moves. And then that ending, like I, I think people could underestimate how much that win meant to people, not just to Punk, but to like the people who would follow them, support yeah. them, and were rooting for this kind of change. And the fact that they did it is just, it just blew people's minds. Yeah, I mean... I'm going to be doing a lot of um, tape study anyway, right? And I'm going to go back and I, w- I want to watch some Brett mainly. Yeah. Because um, I never really grew up with Brett anyway. Um, but I don't think, because it, it hit that match hit me at such a pivotal time in my life, I don't think that anything will ever top that for me. Yeah, I mean, Blood Brothers came close. Mm-hmm. And that was relatively recent. But by close, I mean... You know, if if it, if it was a one out of ten, if it was a one to one to ten scale of, of greatest match of all time, I would still have to put like three blank spaces in between Punk and Cena and Blood Brothers because mm. that's how much higher it is than anything else to me. Um, perhaps things will change when I go back and watch some tape, but it's it's so difficult to find. You know, your fa- like your favorite match, not the best match in the world, but your favorite match will always be you know yours i would ne- i'm never gonna have uh a uh the tv build up properly you know i'm never gonna be in the schoolyard and then you know kids gonna be like um ah, oh, can't you can't wait for austin brett i'm never gonna have that because it just can't happen now but i did have that i had that for punk cena i that was all i wanted and yeah, amazing. Sensational. Well, thank you for going through the list, man. Very insightful. Uh, do you want to take us through the plugs to take us home? Well, you can find us at the Bear Hug Club podcast on Facebook and YouTube or the Bear Hug Club pod on Instagram, Bear Hug Club on Twitter. You could also head over to our website at bearhugpod.wixsite.com forward slash Bear Hug Club Network. Check out our previous video, uh, the Bear Hug club book club <laughs> uh bear hug book club is what we're going with right i think so yeah yeah the bear hug club book club the bear hug club book hug club we should just call it the book hug club book hug club probably doesn't work very well but yeah um yeah check those out check us out check it i hurt my arm wrestling but he can still salute. <laughs> uh, uh, it's right. It, the fracture was fine. <laughs> yeah.
Well, thanks, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye. Get the fuck out. <laughs>